The fact of the matter is that there's a lot of lost and hurting people and they're trying to figure out their way and there's brothers and sisters up there who are serving the Lord faithfully that need help. And so Engage360 works alongside, steps alongside local pastors to help them with their needs in evangelism. Welcome to Engage Your World, brought to you by Engage360 Ministries. Hello, and thanks for joining us. We are excited to be with you today, and we are going to be talking about the role of the evangelist. Uh, We have Greg Walker on with us, uh, Jordan co-hosting with me as well. And uh, Greg is joining us as he's uh, newly getting settled into his house in Greenville, South Carolina. They've been moving the past few weeks, and so uh, things are still a little chaotic. If you hear anything in the background, uh, uh, office and everything is still being set up. So that's just what that is, uh, the moving process. So, But Greg, we're excited to have you on and really excited to talk about this topic with you guys. This is great. What's the topic? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So evangelist, what is it? What is the evangelist? So let's start out with what do you guys sense in your experience of just talking with people what do most Christians believe the evangelist is or the role of the evangelist? What is he supposed to do? I'd say one of two things that I've heard most of the time is either someone who kind of goes from church to church doing revival sermons or someone who goes door to door knocking on doors and kind of sharing the gospel very directly with people. Those are the two images that come to my mind right away. What about you, Greg? I think from my experience teaching in churches and and just asking that very question, what I discover is usually the case is that the average Christian sees the evangelist as the person in the church that they anoint, that they send off, that they equip, that they fund. He's the one going out. He's the one sharing Jesus. We're good as long as we support him. Yeah, I think think that's really common. It's often a that person goes and does the thing none of the rest of us are really capable of doing. But how would you guys contrast that, if if at all, with what does the Bible say the role of the evangelist is? Yes, we want to go to the New Testament. Let's see, Paul in Ephesians chapter 4, he's taking um, Psalm 68 verse 18, and he's adopting it for his purposes. And we see in verse 11, he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers— and so he's, he's looking back to Psalm 68. We see that Christ is the victor. He is the one that is victorious over sin and death. He is the king. And so the victorious king is gifted, gifting the gifts to his own people that he's earned the right to gift. And we see that here we have gifted people, gifted to the church. And we see a contrast I, right here. The, these are gifted people, gifted to the church. And, and if you go to Romans 12 and 1 Corinthians chapter 12, you'll see that these are a list a non-exhaustive list of spiritual gifts given to individual believers. And so you have the the gifted people gifted to the church, and then you have the spiritual gifts gifted to individual believers. And so we have the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers. And then the question is, why? What do they do? What are their roles? Well, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. And if you continue reading down, you'll learn that evangelists, along with these other gifted people, help believers to be united in the faith, have knowledge of the Son of God, help them to be mature, to help protect or defend believers from 
false or bad ideas, help speak the truth in love, help believers grow up into Christ and work properly together in one body. Wow, that that is a lot for an evangelist. And it's quite different than just, well, the evangelist is the guy called to go out. It looks like, well, no, the evangelist has this inward focus of equipping God's people so they can go out. Right, right. Certainly not that they're off limits in going out, but they shouldn't be doing it alone. It's not a lone ranger role. Sometimes I think that's the way that that we have a mentality of. I really want to drive something home, uh, this contrast. We were having this discussion earlier, but there, there can be two ways when we use the word evangelist, there might be two ways that we could use that. And so I want to really clarify because I think it's so helpful. There are people who are good at doing evangelism. They're comfortable at sharing their faith. They know the gospel clearly. Maybe they know how to answer a lot of the questions that come up. And so we'd say they're an evangelist or they're good at doing evangelism. And then, Greg, what, what you're really contrasting here is the role of the evangelist in the church, a position almost uh, more so, rather than something someone's skilled at, though they may be very skilled at it. We're talking about a function within the church here and that the evangelist is to be building up. Would that be a fair summary of our discussion from earlier, guys? Yes, I would, this, this, is a, this is a man or woman who's uniquely gifted by God to help those that are gift that that have a unique ability to share their faith and those that don't. And so it's and it, but it's not that the evangelist in the church is not doing evangelism. Yeah, they're doing it. They're going out, they're leading it, maybe they're developing outreach programs, maybe it's a missions pastor. But their 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 primary focus is equipping the church for ministry. And so there'd be a parallel here in a similar misunderstanding that some Christians have about the role of a pastor. They think that the pastor is supposed to be the one doing all of the spiritual care within the church, whereas it's actually the same exact thing for the pastor. They're supposed to be equipping the church to be able to love one another, serve one another, take care of one another. And it's the same thing with the evangelist. The evangelist isn't doing all the evangelism himself. He's equipping every single member within the church, whether they be old or young, young, male or female, whatever, they're equipping them to do evangelism in their own lives. And one of the reasons why that just makes so much sense is because we each have different connections. You know, we have different family members, we have different coworkers, and you know, different if, networks even. Yeah. So if Greg is the evangelist at my church and he were to just try to approach my coworkers and share the gospel with them, they'd be less open to hearing it from him because they don't know him than from me. So he wants to equip me because I can reach my friends and family and coworkers better. Okay, so with that kind of uh, as a prelude, how about uh, Greg, perhaps you in particular, Jordan, maybe if you even want to jump in. So what are some examples of times where you guys have functioned in this role in the building up of the body uh, to equip them to go out and share? Greg, I know you've done this a lot, even more than the rest of us. Yeah, when I was in Bible college and also in seminary, I would take my fellow students and even sometimes my professors out to Barnes and Nobles to do evangelism with me because I wanted to see how what I was how what I was learning in seminary was really helping me to be a better evangelist. Right. And when you go to a public bookstore, you could see people pull off <laughs> books, which so now you know their interests and usually they have lots of time. And so it was just so easy to talk to people and people generally wanted to talk about eternal things. And so right. I would take them with me. They would get excited, go back to the school, bring more people out. And then it started getting into people's churches. And so 
my my fellow classmates started going to their whatever church they were in and then bringing people from their church and it just grew right same thing when I, when I was a campus minister at Appalachian State University I just started with one to one to two students teach them evangelism and then model it for them take them out on campus and they went from being fearful or timid to very excited because yeah. they noticed that people generally want to talk about these things that's exciting they saw salvations I even had a student who came up to me with tears in his eyes to tell me, Greg, I just shared the gospel for the first time. And I asked him, well, did, did he receive Jesus? No, it doesn't matter. I, I, I just shared the gospel for the first time. I mean, right. it's, it's so exciting. Yeah. I remember you telling me, Greg, that you were, would ask this regularly. And most of your students, even that were churched, had never had anybody show them how to share the gospel or hmm. encourage you, or like it was an expected thing. Yeah, it's shocking. And then by the, you know, just a few months in, starting with one to two students, I had anywhere from 12 to 15 students every week going and doing evangelism with me. And some of them were now going without me on their own time or in their classes. No, that's fantastic. Jordan, do you have any stories that tie in there as well? A little bit. I've been doing this a lot shorter time than you guys have. <laughs> a little bit younger. But yeah, this last year doing campus ministry at a college out here in Sacramento. And we were meeting on Thursday nights to do evangelism. And it was really incredible how it just kept on growing each Thursday night. <laughs> um, at first, it was just a handful of us. And then it just like Christians were like, what are you guys doing? Right. And we told them. And some people just kind of sat next to me and next to other skilled people there. And we're just kind of picking it up. And my favorite memory from that was um i was with this younger christian he had only shared the gospel in that type of context a few times and i kind of gave him the opportunity in the middle of a conversation to say hey could you explain more how this is all completely by faith and i just saw his eyes light up as i gave him the chance to tell someone who didn't understand the grace and freedom of the gospel and wow. he was just so excited to show them ephesians 2 and it was such a powerful moment for me. It was such a powerful moment for my friend and for the person who received the gospel. Right. He didn't accept it at that moment, but he heard it and you could see the lights going off in both of their minds at the same time. Right. Yeah. And those stories Greg was telling of the bookstore and taking with the first time, I think if I remember right, the first time that we ended up having someone from a church come with us, it was uh, just a last minute. Someone had asked, we would just go as a group of students and someone asked, Hey, would it be okay if I brought uh, someone from my church. They were interested. They heard what I was doing and they were interested. And that person had never went out and intentionally shared their faith before. And so they just watched. And by the end of the day, they're doing it. And they started c going out on their own after one time. And so hmm. that was really the, uh, the sort of, if you go back to the original catalyst for Engage 360, it was that Saturday evangelism and that person where we saw, wow, we would have never, as silly as it was, we just didn't think, not that we saw ourselves as the evangelist and we're going, but we just didn't think to invite people from the church in because they generally weren't comfortable doing that. It was hard for me to do it, but definitely for your average, average Christian, it's not normal. And so that, that was really where things started. And, uh, you know, we all have that background of campus ministry experience. And so one thing that I think would be interesting to discuss, I think people have a mindset that because of all the things we see in the news and all the challenges of the university and challenges to free speech and kind of uh, uh, seems like a lot of intentionally only pushing one set of ideas, 
that it would be a really hostile place where it'd be really hard to have a conversation. So I'll turn it over to both of you and say, have you found in your experience that having conversations, spiritual conversations on campus is really difficult and tedious, or is it easier? I personally think it's much easier. It's, I mean, I've gone up to crowds of up to like 50, 60 students sitting on, a, on the side of a hill and just stood before them and, and started talking and then led them all the way to the gospel. And, and no one objected. Everyone seemed like they were interested and listening to me practically preach to them. Although I like offering opportunities for people to ask questions and to throw their objections and to handle that respectfully and gently. Right. Um, and then just walking up to students sitting down by themselves. I mean, it's just, it's honestly, Jesus is the most exciting person in human history. We have the hope. Everyone is longing and worshiping something. And so we help them see that Jesus yeah. is the Christ and, and that he loves them and dies, has, has died for their sins. And, and it's, it's beautiful and it's powerful. Now, Greg, you're an extrovert and probably more gifted as an evangelist. Uh, Jordan, you're more towards the introverted side, kind of more like me, out an outgoing introvert, maybe, or right on that border. So something like that. What What about for you? Uh, not being quite as exuberant, quite as much of an extrovert, has it been more challenging for you, or have you found ways to to do that well? Yeah, as there's kind of two different this kind of the internal challenge of am i going to go do this and then there's the external challenge of how are people responding to my attempts to talk to them and i gotta admit that all of the challenges are internal it's kind of psyching myself up to actually walk to the campus i currently live within walking distance from the campus i serve at and but once i just do it once i get into that first conversation and it can be as simple as asking someone hey do you have a few minutes and they're like, what do you want to talk about? And then I can just tell them, like, I want to tell you about the gospel. Has anyone ever explained it to you in a way that makes sense before? And then we're going. And once we're just in it, I find that so many people, and again, I'm in California. So many people already recognize that God exists. So many people want some type of spiritual reality in their lives. And so many people, when they actually hear the gospel, find it attractive but it's just that there are so many misconceptions. I feel like 90% of what I'm doing is just helping people know what the gospel really is. Clearing up those and, bad ideas. Yeah. And people are so willing to talk. Like I've been shocked by it, honestly. Right. Yeah. And one of the methods we've used, and, and this is actually a great point to transition and talk about opportunities for those of you listening to get involved, whether you're listening, you know, recently uh, after we post these and these events are upcoming or things we'll do in the future if it's past. Um, but we are developing evangelism outreach days on university campuses. We're calling them Engage You events. We have one coming up at Appalachian State, which is in Boone, North Carolina. It's the last week in August. We have another one at the University of Maine, uh, which is the Orono campus. That's the I think it's the the main main campus, uh, which is the second week in September. And so we're looking for people who want to do this as a short-term mission trip, who want to receive some training or maybe already have some training. Maybe maybe you're not comfortable necessarily going and sharing right away, but doing exactly like what was talked about before. Uh, Jordan, Jordan, I believe it was uh, you had mentioned people just going and watching and observing. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's how you're going to learn how to do it well and how to feel 
more comfortable, at least relatively speaking, is to actually go do it. And so we're looking for people to join us. Uh, we're going to have other opportunities as we move forward. And so, you know, we'll be communicating those out in different ways through our website, through social media. But there are ways that you can get involved. Uh, you could even bring our team in and we could do training and help your church to mobilize. And that's really what we want to do. We want to be a catalyst for getting these things started in your church. And so I don't know if you guys want to add any comments just uh, to encourage people to seriously consider getting involved and, and perhaps even um, getting behind, if you can't get involved right now, getting behind these Engage You events, maybe particularly our one in Maine. Uh, you know, it's pretty spiritually dark up there. Jordan, maybe maybe comment really briefly on some of the interviews and interaction what we've had with people, what have been kind of your takeaways of the need for evangelistic outreach in the Northeast. Yeah, we've interviewed so far a lay Christian, a campus minister, and a pastor from Maine. And the, the results from those three interviews have been unanimous, that Maine is a place where the gospel is desperately needed. Most of the churches are dying out there or non-existent. And yet there is a spiritual openness. So it's a perfect opportunity for the gospel to go forth. Yeah. And I felt like in all of our kind of a common theme when, when Greg, uh, when you and I were up there for some training back in May and our interactions with some pastors before that, there is not only an openness, like I maybe haven't quite seen in the South, but an enthusiasm between people coming in from the outside to help them. I think they feel like they're sort of on the frontier and they're separated from the supply line. And so when they hear that there are people willing to come from North Carolina and Tennessee and South Carolina, uh, you know, California to help them to, to equip the church, the local church, to motivate the local church and to do outreach, I, there's an enthusiasm there that I'm not going to say would be lacking other places, there, that it, there would be no interest. But I, I definitely get a different sense of that. Greg, did you, did you kind of feel the same? Oh, yeah. When we were up there initially just to kind of learn the lay of the land, interview some pastors, discover the need, and, and they, we just didn't need to sell it. <laughs> no. We would explain what we can offer and what we want to do, and they were so quick to say yes. Yeah. I'm, not used to, <laughs> yeah. I'm not used to that. Down in, down in the Bible Belt, you have so many other ministries and, and so many churches. and Yeah, competing you know, for time and it's, resources. It's, 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 it's unfortunate, but it seems like there's like everyone's just competing down here, even though right. they, they don't in their heart probably actually have that mentality. It just, right. it just comes off that way. We're up in the Northeast. It's, it's just desperation. Yeah. I, re I remember one, right. I remember one pastor in particular even said, if you're telling me this just for like information, so I know more, that's okay. But if you're trying to sell, I'm already in, so you don't have to say anything more to sell me on this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. And it was yeah, like so 10 minutes into the conversation. <laughs> Yeah. So the fact of the matter is that there's a lot of lost and hurting people and they're, they're, they're blind trying to figure out their way in bondage. And there's, there's brothers and sisters up there who are serving the Lord faithfully that need help. And we're, you know, we're, we're in our individual churches, but we're also a part of the Holy universal church. And so engage 360 works alongside, steps alongside local pastors to help them with their needs in evangelism. Yeah. 
So we'll go ahead and put everything in the show notes so you guys will be able to see this. If you're looking on the website, it should be below uh, the blog post. You can go to our website and you can find out uh, if you're looking at uh, Boone, if you go to our website and say forward slash Boone, uh, that would take you to the Engage U Appalachian State. And if you say forward slash Orono, which is O-R-O-N-O, that will take you to the information for Maine. But uh, so yeah, consider getting involved, consider adopting it as a mission, maybe for yourself or your family, maybe even consider presenting it to your church as an opportunity for them to help in missions. Uh, like we said, especially the Northeast, we're trying to get a team of 10 people up there. And so there's a lot involved in getting the travel and accommodations and everything with that. And then pulling off a four day outreach event, uh, three days of, of interactive, and then one day of follow-up with students who are interested. So consider that. You can reach out to us if you need any more information as well. Uh, you can just really simply info at e360m.org. And uh, again, look in the show notes below. And in addition to that, look, there's nothing more important than the advancement of the gospel. This is the main, main thing. <laughs> and so please prayerfully Lay this before the Lord, and if you see this as a wise investment in the kingdom of God, join us. Join our team. Matter of fact, as we're going from university to university year after year, Lord willing, you'll have opportunities to go through our training, and you could even join us at different universities. You can take what we're doing back to your church, and even we can we can help you to get them on board and consider this a short-term mission, and basically just turn it into a reunion. You know, we're, hey, we're going to be at University of Idaho or we're going to be at Clemson and you go back to your church. They adopt it. They launch you guys. We see you on the ground and we just continue the work. We continue our relationships. It's exciting. We're also going to be adding city based evangelistic outreaches in major cities at some point here in the near future. And then we also have the potential for international uh, trips and international short term missions. Uh, we have a lot of international contacts, many who have already reached out to us, uh, potential in New Zealand and South Africa, uh, contacts in Italy, Eastern Europe, South America. So there's really a, uh, the potential is, is limitless. The opportunities are limitless. It's just uh, figuring out how to do them all in good order. So, so be looking for those as, uh, as you follow our activity in the months and, and years ahead. And, uh, you know, the need is great, and as, as we said, no, biblically, the workers are few, and so we would love it if you guys would join us, support, get behind. Uh, be prayerful uh, about this. Just be praying in all of these evangelistic outreaches. We know that spiritual warfare is going to be an element, and we're going to be running up against that, and so we really appreciate your prayers and uh, encouragement as well. So with that, we'll wrap up this episode of Engage Your World, and we look forward to talking with you guys again next time.